Greetings, greetings and salutations one and all Welcome, welcome, welcome to the night shift of DJ Kevin Steele Community and finance night How you doing, how you doing, how you doing? Last time I saw you, you were somewhere, somewhere, miles away. I know you told me your name in a bottle. It was so long ago. It's funny that you said you know the face and not the waist. <laughs> Big ups to each and everyone locked in right now. I want to say big ups to the affiliates all over the globe. One ham of the radio to the UK. Top of the morning to you guys over there. Big ups to those in New York. NIE radio out of New Jersey. Island worldwide out of New York. Displaying the power of music. Hey China Nicole, how you doing? I want to say big ups to my friends over there in Texas, WGLRO, Hollywood Radio, Music Media Group. Big ups to you guys. 
WJLRO is the home of the Donnie Walker Morning Show. The People Station, yeah? Taking you from the sheets to the streets. Wanna say big ups to those who are locked in on ClintonLindsay.com, the Foundation Radio Network. Of course, those locked in on TuneIn Radio on the night shift with DJ Kevin Steele. So glad to have each and every one of you. I know face, I Big up to those on Facebook Live. Just, yeah, I don't think I forgot you. Me, Remember though, it's only temporary. It's only a segment simulcast. So don't get too comfortable over there on Facebook Live, yeah? Use the link in the description. And I'm going to pin it. There you go, y'all can't say you didn't see it. And of course, big ups to those who are locked in at the home of the night shift to DJ Kevin Steele, kevinsteele.com, where you're encouraged to have acceptance through enlightenment. Glad to have you, couldn't do it without you, my word, I wouldn't even try. Inviting you to call a friend, tell a friend, call an enemy, friends of your friends, friends of your enemies, enemies of your friends. Tell everybody time. The Night Shift to DJ Kevin Stew is live right now on a truck singing a song, you know, every And I'm not alone I have company with me And if you don't remember her name you won't forget the face. There she is, ladies and gentlemen. Look at that smile. You know that face, right? <laughs> Listen, blushing, that's all on you. Um, I just call it as I see it. Okay? And um, I think we like what we see today. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, the one and only Tasha Simmons Esquire um, hanging out with us tonight, as she normally does, on the fourth Monday of the month. You are too kind. Hey, the people like you, so they clap. I don't know. <laughs> so, how are you, Tasha? Mm, mm, mm. Well, I'm a, here. That's a loaded question. <laughs> I am here. I know. I take a deep breath. <laughs> um, but it's all good. How are you? Uh, I I'm a little bit congested. I'm a, I'm a little stuffy. Um, strange things happening over the weekend. Uh, I, I don't know. I'm so I woke up kind of stuffy this morning. Um, yeah. I'm not worried about it. Too tough. It'll be gone soon enough. Um, it, we 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 make elixirs in our house, you know. So okay, um, garlic, ginger, lem- lemon. Oh, okay. Limes. I was gonna say mine. We on the radio. <laughs> yeah, 
Yeah, yeah, you know, home remedies to the world. No, that's, that's and honey. Cool, that's cool. And honey. We're not leaving out the honey. I got a little lemon going on myself right here. Um, is is that lemon yeah. lemon flavored tequila? Just, <laughs> just straight lemon. Yeah, it's it's not a it's not you know it's not the best time for those of us with allergies, but you know, we yeah. find a way. Yeah, we make it work. We make it work. We do. So, um, I invite everybody to jump into the stew pot first of all. Just to let you know, uh, the stew pot, where you find it, kevinstew.com. Others call it a chat room, but because we're fancy over here on kevinstew.com, we call it the stew pot. It's where we keep things interactive and bubbling. So jump on in. You don't have to give your name. You can remain anonymous if you choose. But come on in it, and, and, and be interactive. Those of you who, liked, who would like to, you can call, you can text, you can WhatsApp, you can Telegram. To seven seven three seven eight nine stew. That's seven seven three seven eight nine seven eight three nine. Call, text, WhatsApp, Telegram. You can participate with us. All right. There's a number for those of you who are watching um, on kevinstew.com and and live on Facebook Live. There's a number scrolling at the bottom of the screen right down there. Um, seven seven three seven eight nine stew. Seven seven three seven eight nine seven eight three nine now tasha yes sir tonight um we're gonna be talking a little bit about filing domestic violence and child emergency cases and yes that sounds like a lot <laughs> Yeah, it can. It can sound like a lot. It can actually be a lot, you know, but very important because, um, you know, you brought my attention to a case that was recently in the news here. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, in regards to the, you know, the mother that suffered the loss of her, her four-year-old child at the hands of her co-parent yeah. who, you know, had also killed himself. Right. Um, I believe this happened in Weston, and it just really, it really broke my heart. Um, you know, the month of June, there's a lot of mental health awareness, you know, campaigns going on. Mm -hmm. It was Father's Day this month, you know. Yeah. And I had a special guest for tonight, you know, that was going to really speak more to the occasion. But I had some unfortunate um, cancellation last minute with that. But I think this is a good topic to approach because, you know... A lot of us don't know what to do in the case of an emergency yes. where, you know, the, the police, they come and they tell you, hey, I mean, this is domestic. There's nothing we can do. Mm. So what do you do in those circumstances? Right. And, you know, I actually had the opportunity to review this case um, on the, the court filing side of things. And there are just so many takeaways I don't think there's really anything in this situation that I can say should have been done differently by everyone. I mean, it just so happens sometimes the arms of the court are just not long enough, you know, to, to intervene properly. That's but it really is unfortunate. More often than not, the court can step in if, you know, if you go about it the right way. But so many opportunities to intervene and save children are lost 
just because, you know, maybe you have a situation, but you didn't choose the right vehicle to bring it before the court. Mm. You know? Yeah. But the, the judges, go ahead. That, 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 that sounds kind of, seems kind of far-fetched, though. You know, you, you would think that at least the law would be able to reach everywhere, everyone, every situation. And when you go to the place where the law is, is what is used to, to, to look at situations. Mm-hmm. Yeah, unfortunately. That's crazy. And like I said, many times it is, you know, I've had to file these motions on behalf of clients many times Mm. and um, more often on the domestic violence side. And I'll explain why later. And, you know, it's even important to understand the difference between those two things. But, um, you know, I've had to do several of these and I've been involved in situations where maybe these were done before I got on the case and it just totally set the path of the case, you know, either in the right direction or in the wrong direction, almost incurably, mm. you know, but I wanted to, before we got too far, um, speaking about, um, today's topic, I wanted to give you an update on Nikki, our, our guest yes. from last time. Please. Yeah. So we actually kind of grazed the topic of how a domestic violence, um, case can affect your family case. In sharing her story, you know, mm-hmm. just for those of you who didn't get to hear, you know, her, the, the father of her children ran into domestic violence court. No, he, he ran, he did both. But what, what ended up uh, having her lose the kids, and this is before she met me, is he, he ran into family court with uh, a bogus emergency motion. Right. <laughs> claiming that, you know, she had a drug problem and all these different things that just were not true. Um, and because certain steps were missed as far as making sure she was notified as is required by the law, you know, she, she lost, she effectively lost her kids for four years. Right. You know? And now when the last time we were here, you know, a lot had gone for her, you know, dad had been, you know, the dad had gone to jail, the, You know, the judge that, you know, was not doing the right thing, had lost his place on the bench and just all these different things that were moved around for her, you know, thankfully to God. Um, So now, you know, when we were on the show last time, we we had just gone to trial on her relocation petition because now, you know, she she left North Carolina to, you know, come here and fight for her kids Mm -hmm. and. Now we, when we were with you last time, we had just finished the trial for her to be able to take them back. We finally did get the decision from the judge. We did uh, win the relocation trial, so she's going to be able to to get the kids and go back. Excellent. Yeah, so th- that is all Thanks, working God. out just beautifully. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All thanks to God for that. I mean. Again, the circumstances were bleak for her and what turned it around is things that, you know, really no person can take credit for. But, you know, that trial was really like a dream come true. So I'm just I'm really glad for her. And, you know, I think it's all that all the more appropriate that we discuss this, because this is what 
this was the apparatus, you know, it wasn't the reason. Dad had his own reasons for, you know, wanted to do what he did. But this was the tool he used to effectively take the kids for four years. And it was, you know, it was two years after he took them that she could even see them legally. Right. So, so we really have to talk about these domestic violence petitions that parents sometimes file on behalf of children. Mm-hmm. And we definitely have to talk about emergency motions that are used in family court. So I wanted to start by asking you, how did you stumble onto that story? How did you, how did it make you feel seeing that? Actually, as um, the father, you know, I, I was speaking with one of my guests for this coming Wednesday. I'm, I'm going to be addressing, um, gender biased wage disparities this coming Wednesday. Mm to put it all out there and Mm -hmm. one of my guests is also an advocate um for criminal justice and she she also she mentioned you know when i told her about what i'm going to be doing tonight she's like did you hear about and i'm like no so she sent that to me that that just happened uh yesterday today Mm. yesterday it happened so she sent that 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 article to me and i was like wow let me share this with tasha real quick Mm, mm, mm. i'm glad you did yeah so it it kind of set the tone um for tonight with with the cancellation so it worked out beautifully and for those that don't know what we're talking about it is a case where Ooh, that was loud um, it's a case where a man had his his child and the mother had filed um, had tried to file for a protective order I guess hello 230 welcome um, and she was denied she was denied. Mm. He had the child. And with, if my memory serves me correctly, with her filing for divorce um, or custody, filing for custody, he decided, okay, because it was ruled today a murder-suicide. They were investigating when that, it, that article was sent to me this morning. It was ruled a mm. murder-suicide. So this man pretty much decided, well, if I can't have my child, you can't have my child either. And that was yeah. it. And yeah. The and end. I would after having after having looked through all the court paperwork, it appears it was a case of if we can't be a nuclear family unit, then we're just not gonna be a family at all. Now when someone takes that position does the court step in and say, all right, time for an evaluation? Let's see, uh, oh, <laughs> you see, you're just, you're just so sophisticated. You got right to the heart. You got right <laughs> to the heart of this whole thing right away. And absolutely. He absolutely should have been psychologically evaluated. And so that's one of the things I looked for when I, you know, just sort of uh, browse through 
the court file on this mm-hmm. in the you know in the past few hours. I'm looking at it and I'm looking starting with the motion. Okay? okay, starting with the emergency motion for child pickup is what they call is what mm-hmm. they are called. Mm-hmm. Okay, emergency motion for a child pickup order or for child pickup or for order directing you know pickup of child what have you. Right, but it's basically an order that says, "Hey, police." This time when I call you, there's something you can do. Go and get my kid. Right? Mm-hmm. Don't just tell me, hey, this is a domestic. You need to go to court. Like, I went to court, and the court told you, is telling you via this order, this piece of paper, go pick up my child, please. Or children. Okay. <laughs> okay. So, I looked at the motion. And, I, I mean, I tell you, Stu, this motion... Is 99 pages long. What? Nine nine. <laughs> Dot after the second nine. It's 99 pages long. Um, I'm familiar with the attorney who represents mom. I haven't met her, but she has, you know, she has a good reputation. Um, okay. I've come across her work. Um, I regard her to be a fine attorney. Um, and I mean, in any case, um, she went above and beyond of this motion. I mean, these motions, you know, you got to use the state form or state mandated type of way of doing it, which really is only maybe two to three pages. So we're talking about 96 pages of exhibits that this attorney attached. Um, I, and I, and I can tell you why she did it. Okay. But um, Let's stick a pin before I get into the motion to just talk about the difference between the two type of filings that we're discussing tonight. Okay. 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 So family court and domestic violence court are both civil courts. They, they're, they're both civil type of cases. There is a criminal side mm-hmm. to domestic violence, right? But there's also a civil side where the state does not get involved in press charges. It's just... You know, the court, the judge in um, the domestic violence court just says, listen, um, you proved your petition. So the, the, the respondent is going to have to stay away from you for X amount of time and what have you. Right. So there there are two different cases. If you file something in family court or something in domestic violence court, you know, you're going to have two different case numbers. However, if it's involving the same people as your family case, the same child then you're going to be in front of the same judge, okay? Okay. So, domestic violence court is basically saying, listen, restrain this person from me, protect me, the person who's filing, Mm -hmm. okay? Because an act of domestic violence has happened or is about to happen. I have a reasonable fear, a reasonable fear, not just subjective, not just, well, I feel afraid, but me feeling afraid has to make sense. <laughs> okay. Basically. Okay. Amongst reasonable people. Okay. So um, I have a reasonable feel, fear that I am about to be a victim of domestic violence or stalking or what the law calls repeat violence or some type of sexual or dating violence. Mm-hmm. Right. So. I get this order, and if I prove what I'm alleging, then they'll put in an order. Is what we call restraining orders. They're domestic violence injunctions. Okay. The judge says, okay, stay away from the petitioner. Don't go near their job, the school, the work. If you have, so a lot of times, it's if you have a firearm, you got to give up the firearm and, and what have you. 
and all all different types of other things. Mm-hmm. So sometimes when you have um, a situation that involves a child, you can file a petition on behalf of the child. Now, those court papers I was not able to see because when you do that, they are they're sealed. They're confidential by state law. Okay, okay because they're minors? Correct. Got you. So it appears that mom did both. She filed a domestic violence uh, petition. It's sealed confidential, which tells me she filed it on behalf of the child as opposed to on behalf of herself. And they filed the um, the emergency motion for pickup in family court. So in family court, um, it's not so much domestic violence because what defines domestic violence is basically the statute. <laughs> Whatever mm-hmm. the law says it is, it's okay, well, if you committed a battery, an assault, and just a, a whole list of things that align uh, largely overlap with the criminal code here in Florida. Okay. Now, in family court, when you're you're looking for an emergency motion to, to get the child out of the hands of the other parent, then what you're basically alleging or what you're basically saying is happening is they are either being abused, abandoned, or neglected, or they're about to be, or or they're in they're about to be, you know, seriously injured or unfortunately in this case killed. Now, so that is basically the same circumstances under which you would open a third different kind of case, which is a dependency case. But dependency cases are for children whose, you know, legal, whose parents and legal guardians are either not around or not able to take care of them. So we're in family court where, you know, the the parents are in play, Mm -hmm. right? But one parent is a threat of harm or abuse to the child. So your honor give me this order so I can go and pick up the child. So this isn't about telling someone to stay away from me. That's domestic violence court. This isn't about telling someone to stay away from my child. This is about, I need to go get my child. The other party has a constitutional right to privacy and my my Google home is telling me to uh, get ready for bed. And he just turned off my (laughs) (laughs) This is this is how I maintain a work-life balance. <laughs> hey, listen, it works. If you need help to do <laughs> it. <laughs> He's scared the crap out of me just now. <laughs> like, uh, hey, Google, turn on my office. Uh, oh, no, he's not paying attention to you. <laughs> now he's doing his own thing. <laughs> hey, Google, turn on my office. There we go. Okay. So. <laughs> oh, I love it. <laughs> uh, okay. You're probably going to hear some sleep and nature sounds in the background. I'm trying to turn it down uh, discreetly. Okay. But um, so, yeah, this isn't about, you know, tell someone to stay away from me. This is, you know, I need to cut through all of the other parents' constitutional rights <laughs> right now. Yeah. And send the police in there. You know, to get my child, <laughs> okay? Right. Even though the, the other parent may have a right to them at the moment. So that's that's the difference between the two. So there are going to be situations where they're going to overlap. Mm-hmm. The need for them will overlap. 
And I say, you know, hey, do, you know, throw both against the wall to see what sticks. But what you want to do is make sure that you're filing in good faith, of course. Um, you know, the courts are just, there are just too many cases where individuals are using it uh, to try to just speed up the family case or gain an advantage in a divorce case. We can talk about how how they do that and how sadly it works sometimes. But I wanted us to establish the difference between the two. So let's get back to this case. Which What are we going to call it for short, DJ? What we call it? That's uh, tough. Um, selfish father? Um, self, no. Self-absorbed father? You know what? Let's call him. Hmm. I like the track you're on. Um, We're going to call him. What's that? Yeah, go. Yeah, we're we're going to call this the case of the ex-Mooney. The ex So, I didn't I didn't know what a Mooney was until today. The ex-Mooney? <laughs> What's a Mooney? The ex-Mooney. What's a Mooney? Yeah. And in honor of the moon because the moon is beautiful and big and bright tonight. <laughs> I I haven't been outside tonight. Yeah, it's 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 gorgeous. So, um, I was going through the papers and I see where, you know, in the emergency motion, mom just mentioned like, listen, for five years, this, this, this guy, you know, this dad was deep into, um, a cult known as the Moonies. And I, I went and found the oh. proper name. Yeah. Not to get too deep into any of that, but basically it's a religious cult and, he he came out of it at some point. It wasn't really clear when this five this five year um, involvement happened or when it came to an end. It's called a unification movement international, but um, it's regarded as a cult, and many people have come out of it. And some are even working now with you know with families who have lost you know family members to the QAnon um, group mm. and. I'm never going to touch that. <laughs> but anyway, so he was a part of this for five years and had severe anger issues. And um, I wondered, like you did, you know, when, if ever, was he challenged to get help? Right. So I looked in the motion. I did see it there. So I went back and looked at the original order that gave him rights in the first place. Because if you've been in, in class with us here on Night Shift, you know that a judge is not going to, um, you know, give you a schedule as a father. You're not going to have rights until you get a court order right. that, you know, put all out. So, um, so I looked at that order, which was put in place not even five years ago. It's quite recent. Um, if I'm, yeah, not even, not even a whole four years ago. Mm -hmm. And so I think I found part of, uh, I don't want to blame any one thing. There are a myriad of things, you know, going on with this situation. But, but I did see that we have someone today that was known to have this shady past and have these horrible anger issues. I mean, the motion was so long because a lot of the attachments were text messages and you should see them. 
Like, I wonder if I should read some because they are, my God. Yeah, yeah let's, let's, let's have that. If you could, yeah. please. And so they're showing his mental instability. So, for example, and a, a piece of this was mentioned in the news article. Mm-hmm. So there's one message going... And you're looking at the. I'm articles. looking at the actual motion right now. Got you. That that was filed on the 21st, on the afternoon of the 21st. The 21st of May. Uh huh. Three days ago. So three days. Okay, got you. So this is so this is how it reads. Okay, you have your opening paragraphs, you know, the legal mumbo-jumbo you're supposed to put at the beginning of these things. Right. Right. It explains that there was a, a, a final judgment, right, mm-hmm. that gave the father rights and what those rights are. Okay. okay. So, due to that order, or pursuant to that order, um, mom was supposed to have the kids today, today being the 21st, the day they filed this, mom was supposed to have the kid, the the her son at 8 a.m. today right so i'll pause here because we know now that the judge ultimately denied the motion because it was just it just seemed to point to a time sharing issue oh you know he's supposed to bring him back he didn't when excuse me when you have a parent that's not obeying the time sharing order you know that's not the basis for an emergency unfortunately Mm -hmm. right you have to show the judge this child is being abused, abandoned, neglected, or harmed, or is about to be. Right. Okay. So I can see in this motion where they try to do that, right? They attach all of these text messages. Um, so not only did he not bring the child back to mom, but now this would have raised my flag a little more as a judge, but he didn't take the child to school either. Mm. Now I'm thinking this kid is four. So I mean, are we talking about school? School? Or are we talking about daycare? Because when you miss a, when you cause a child to miss school, that raises a flag with a lot of judges. But if we're really talking about daycare here, yeah, you're within your right. You can issue. you can just simply not take your child to daycare if you don't want to take them, right? And if you just want to have your time sharing with them, there's nothing, you know, you're not going to get in trouble for that. That's something a lot of people don't know, by the way. Right. But um, but it's saying, you know, just on the face of the motion. Not only did he not bring him back, he didn't take him to school. And when mom reached out to them, she didn't get any response. So, you know, days are going by. She doesn't even know where the kid is because dad's not responding to her. So obviously we can't do that, right? Okay. So this is where they try to get the, try to invoke the emergency powers of the court to protect the child, right? Because so far, yeah, we're just talking about contemptuous behavior we're just talking about not abiding by the time sharing but this is now where they try to get into the harm Mm -hmm. okay the father's actions and his disappearance with the party's child are very concerning given what has occurred over the past few days as set forth herein so they're like now so we're going to tell you why you should perk up and realize that this is not just a Failure to honor time sharing type right, of thing. Right. This is why you need to understand something bad is happening. Okay. Father has consistently stalked and harassed the mother 
through text messages and voice messages. However, the frequency of the father's threats and inappropriate behaviors have substantially increased at an alarming rate once he believed the mother had a boyfriend. Okay, huh. so um, she goes on to say on May 18th, um, the evening of May 18th, the father threatened the mother with bodily harm and sent the following text messages to her. Uh, why is this guy so afraid of responding to my friend? We are not going to hurt his vagina. Mm. Um, you can give him some paper towels for his tight little vulnerable P word. Um, is he like you living off public aid, a grifter, the grandmothers of society? I mean, he's a, another pathetic, incompetent deadbeat. He's, he's like basically texting her to death. Um, mm. what's really, so then he begins to berate her for having the baby. Yeah. <laughs> um, and he's doing that in the, in those text messages? In, in the text messages. Yeah. Um, you are lucky. I only send text messages to remind you what you need to know. If it was your uncle or sister, it would have been the violence they have arrest. They've been arrested for, which they were rightly convicted of. You vile effing pig, you get what you deserve. You're not even human. You are grateful for how nice I am to you. Um, you deserve to have your head separated from your body. Um, dragging mm. my son into this horse-ish, dysfunctional, yeah. toxic situation via your fraud. So if you read all of his messages, the fraud he keeps talking about is the fact that after they met on Tinder and had sex she intentionally got pregnant by <laughs> by laying there with her legs up instead of going to the bathroom to wash off. I don't think he knows how sperm works. I don't think he knows how sex works. Yeah. But he was <laughs> but he, he found some sex on Tinder and now he's mad that the sex resulted in a baby. Who knew? So Okay. Yeah, so he was so there's a very, lot more to this than there's so much Needs the eye on the surface. you have. I mean, he's psychotic. So, um, scumbag this, F that. I mean, it just goes on for pages and pages. And so now, also, she says in this how she has, she discovered four, about four or five days ago that he had a tracking device on her vehicle. Okay, so... All right, so, so is, is the he court... was able to see <laughs> where she she's went, going. She went to court and did the domestic violence before she did this. So he saw she was at the courthouse and was like, listen, what are you doing at the courthouse? And you better tell me it'll be worse for you if, you know, if I find out through the court and just basically bullying, threatening her. She did go to the police. They were able, you know, she got the, the device off of her car. But, you know, he is... You know, he, he is stalking and harassing her. So, out of everything I read so far, what have we not heard? Uh, we haven't heard anything on her side. We haven't heard her um, rebutting him. We haven't heard her... There isn't an argument going back and forth between the two of them. Everything seems to be just coming from him. Um, I actually, that's actually a good point. I, I skipped over even thinking about that totally. Now, so she's what not you provoking don't want, him. what you don't want is to be in the text messages warring with us, with someone who's psychotic. 
right. then given those text messages to the judge to read. So it's probably gotcha. a good thing in this case that she didn't respond mm-hmm. to these types of messages. Right. But what we're not seeing in the in the motion is this is what he did to the child. Right. Everything is directed at her. Right. So if she had filed something in domestic violence court on behalf of herself, she might have seen more success. Unfortunately, that wouldn't have given the court the power to say, go get the kid, even though, you know. Right. Because, you know, just just those messages that you read, um, I, it can be argued that, okay, we don't see where the child is in danger here. We see where there's something going on between the parents but there's nothing right. indicating that there's something it, the child is in danger as a result of it. No. Correct. No. Correct. And that's where she went wrong. So Yeah. Um and I can't even say went wrong. I mean, they when you look at this and and I mean 99 pages, they used all they had. And so um she continues, the father was previous previously a member of a cult the Moonies for approximately five years. Um, as far as she knew, he has not received, and this is to your first observation, DJ, he has not received therapy or counseling to address his years in a cult or the anger he has toward the mother for having their son. And if you go through the text messages, he was really upset with her for having the baby to begin with. The father's increased Here's the, the, the money term now from Nikki's story. Mm-hmm. The mother's in, the father's increased erratic behavior. <laughs> okay. Is very concerning given his threats of dismemberment, tracking the mother's every move, and now his disappearance with the party's child during the mother's time sharing. Call me a bleeding heart. If I'm a judge, I'm a duty, I'm a judge on duty. Because I don't think I don't think the actual judge on the case decided this motion. I think he was a, a judge on duty, um, because I, I believe the twenty first was a Saturday. If I'm a no, duty judge Friday. and I'm reading this, I'm gonna err on the side of granting it. Honestly, not just because oh the dad didn't bring her back on time, but you didn't take him to school and now you're not responding, mm-hmm. and you have. And I can't even say I would because you really got to establish that he has a mental issue. Right. And I can see where some of these text messages are the result of him being off mentally, but you have to read and read them. And, you know, judges don't always read everything. We're talking about 99 pages. You know, it behooves us, you know, to even if, even if you're going to give the 99 pages, you, you got to put the you got to put the gravy and the meat on the top and just well yeah if because they get to the potatoes then fine. Looking looking at even just just the, the couple of texts that, that that you read, like I said, it just shows anger toward the mother. So looking and and being on the outside looking in, not knowing what we know now about the end right. result. Well, how could There's, this judge have known? Yeah, the, I, I, I couldn't see where the judge would be saying, but this child is in danger based on these messages. Not even the text messages. It just sounds like anger. Yeah, 
but not anger towards a child. It sounds like a man that feels that he is the best option for his child. You mentioned something right. earlier, or though. That the best option is because he 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 goes between um, crucifying her for having the baby, but it just seems like his underlying conviction not to use that word in this sense because i mean he's you know obviously yeah something's wrong with man okay but his whole thing is she should not have had the baby because they're not together and they weren't in love and they were not ever going to be a family they just hooked up so he goes from you know just verbally abusing and just berating her in these messages to kind of suggesting that they should come together and be the family that he wants his son to have. That is what so I was going to ask you So clearly that didn't about. happen. So, uh, yeah. in these same you text messages, it. he's talking about them being a, a, an actual family? Yeah. After he, you know, sends her to hell, basically, right. for, for basically trapping him. <laughs> his, his thing is, you know, he keeps he keeps using the word fraud over and over and over, and then you see where he finally defines fraud as again she didn't wash up after sex. So you know, I guess he has some kind of powerful shower head that washes sperm out of the canal. I don't know. <laughs> Just, he, he, I don't know. He, he has a spermicide but, show, or somebody has one. Um, but that needs yeah, to be that needs to be used the, before, not after. Yeah, he goes into this weird story how after sex, she puts her legs up and stay, and just stays there with her legs in the air instead of going to, to wash up. And that's why she got pregnant. And she's she's vile for that. And it's fraud and all of these different things. And then finally, he goes, you know, he's 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 accusing her, I see now, of lying about birth control. And then he starts suggesting, you know, that they're not too different from a married couple. And, you know, he wants he wants her to call him these baby names, these pet names. And try to, you know, get together. Let's see. Da, 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 da. I just saw I wonder, I wonder if that's something that he learned from from Dr. Reverend Dr. Sun Myun Moon. Moon. Right. Yeah. It, it's it's it's. It probably was, you know. He's writing her, you deserve to be punished. Um, it's, it's, you know, it just goes on and on and on. So basically, he's mad that his kid is in the world. So when she, when she, when he writes, bringing my son into this dysfunctional SHIT toxic situation, as he writes, he's talking about the fact that his son has to grow up and he actually spells it out. No one else in their circle, none of his other peers, all his other peers have intact families and he has to, and he just goes about how it's better for a kid to have both both parents and all of this. So it's like, he's just so mad. He's so ed up about the fact that, you know, the, his son is growing up with parents who are not together. So, you know... This doesn't sound like someone trying to, 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 to make them be together. No, no. He's 
He's not taking any you steps. Know. He's he's not showering her with kind words, with love. Yeah, with, he's showering her. But, but yeah. He's, yeah, but Something not else. with any of these things. Nothing to, 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 to make her even think that it would be a good idea for them to be a nuclear family. You know, it, I mean, if he keeps a, attacking her this way. Now, I can right. understand from that where she would say, yeah, um, I, I, I feel... Uh, threatened but at what point then does she say um is she well i should let me not put it that way let me say is she saying then she feels that this this threatening behavior will spill over onto the child this is what they were trying to suggest in their motion and they 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 packed so much in that Hopefully they can see that they can show the judge this person is multi this person is mentally unstable. I mean, he's writing her here, help me, I'm dying, I can't eat, I can't sleep, and then all of a sudden he's writing her, um, I can't take this anymore, and then the next second it's you're so pretty. It's just it's like what's going on? <laughs> okay. <laughs> what's so... going on? You know what I mean? I don't want my son in this mess. This is very dysfunctional, a sleazy Tinder date where you were drunk, high, and whoring as usual. This is our as idea usual. of family. I mean, yeah, he's just... It's... it's, it's okay, It just so goes on and on like this for this is, days. This isn't for looking days good for days Tinder and days and days. It doesn't stop. Uh, yeah. So if I... Me, again, if I'm just the duty judge, I'm not the real judge on this case... You know, um, technically they were right, right? It, it's it's a matter of you have the kid, you were supposed to bring him back, you didn't. But I think I might, I think I want to say I might have been pushed over the edge by the fact that, again, the child was made to miss school, is not responding to the parent mm-hmm. at all, and just in recent days have sent these very troubling messages. Right. I, d- I could even stay for sure that I would have just been like, okay, go ahead and pick the child up. Because again, just like with domestic violence cases, like we discussed last month, also uh, with family cases, when an order is, is made for a child pickup, the court has to come back very promptly. The court has to come back within days right. to revisit the decision and decide, is this decision going to stick? Mm-hmm. So, it, it to me, it just doesn't hurt to err on the side of granting the pickup, you know? But again, when it comes to articulating what has happened to the child or what is about to happen to the child, you know, the motion is hollow there. All right, so... If he, even, if he, ever, if he even said once, if he even texted once, you know, I'm going to take him out of this situation by, you know, taking him out of his, out of this world. I think even that might have been helpful. But everything is everything he's writing is attacking mom and, you know, her new boyfriend. And, and, and that's what I'm saying. You know, um, there's nothing there that says, all right, this child is in danger, really. And it shows right here that he's in. It, there's nothing there that shows that. It's not there, DJ Kevin. It's not there, unfortunately. 
it's not there. And and okay, and this 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 is what I don't understand. When something like that is not shown, but then again, you know, we all know that our mother knows. And that there you go. So this is why I wanted to comb the court file. And I guess the part of me that's just so, I don't know, devastated by this. It's so sad. Mm. I just wanted to find some kind of, some kind of why, you know, is there any way we can make sense? Is there anything that could have been done to prevent? I mean, just something. So I looked back and I did realize that the original case, the time sharing, okay, the overnights were granted to the father without holding his feet to the fire for fixing his mental health. They went to a mediation, which we know all family cases are going to go to mediation. Mm-hmm. Um, and they settled. They settled. Mom agreed that dad would be able to have this time with, you know, the child. I'm not blaming mom, to be absolutely clear. Right. But mom agreed. And it's great, you know. Not all parents are mentally well, but a child still needs their mother, a child still needs their father with the right things in place. And maybe, you know, the father's sickness was not manifesting at the time. That's another thing to consider. But, you know, they're stating here in this motion, he was in the call for five years and he never got help. So my thing is... um. If we're going to settle, I'm probably going to tell my client, and I've actually been in this situation many times, mm-hmm. like, listen, we'll be happy to settle this case with you. Everybody wants to settle. Nobody wants to pay their lawyer, you know, five to eight to how many thousands of dollars to go to trial and then have a judge decide your life for you. You know, that's that's the least desirable option. That's right. why 80% um, of family cases settle as they should 100 percent should settle right, right right but so i know you want to settle but listen i'm not signing this unless you agree to do an anger management course or unless you agree to do at least co-parenting you know even if uh even if you don't look like the bad guy we're at least both going to go to something i need i need someone with with credentials to assess mental health to to have their eyes on you right <laughs> so and let me know or the court know if they think this is all good here so so here here we have a situation where um i i guess with the lack of i guess um time together I, I guess that's probably mm-hmm. taken into consideration too. It's it's not to say that here you have two people that have known each other for years and um, have fallen out, and mm-hmm. they have a child. You're talking about two individuals who have actually never actually been together, right? Short right. of hooking up and mm-hmm. getting pregnant from the hookup, these people have never been together so she would be it could be argued that she is basing her level of concern 
just on him being angry with her and she's just trying to be petty and to say, see, these messages prove that he's a violent man and what that could easily happens be argued. Right. And and, and we see time. we see where this happens in real life. Where mm-hmm. there, there's uh um because you know, hell hath no fury like that of a woman scorned. So here it is. It could be a woman scorned. And it could be argued that way. Except for this end result where a four year old boy is dead. Um, one quick moment, uh, just to acknowledge uh, the broadcast affiliates at the top of the hour and my sponsors. Um, thank you to the affiliates, One Harmony Radio in the UK, Island Worldwide in New York, NIE Radio out of New Jersey, WGLRO, Aliwap Radio, Dusik Media Groups out of Texas. Um, the Foundation Radio Network, ClintonLindsay.com out of South Florida. Thank you very much for your continued support. And thank you to my, my segment sponsors, um, PEMG TV, Innovative Streaming and Recording Solutions. Provide um, When being in a moment is priceless, you want to give them a link. Um, thank you to Althea and her Healing Heavenly Hands. Althea SU is a licensed massage therapist operating out of Broad County, North Miami and South Palm Beach counties. She comes to you. She brings her oils, her table, and her Healing Heavenly Hands. Of course, she, outside of paying her, she only asks that you get off her table when she's done and go sleep somewhere else. Believe me, I know. That, that has been my experience. Um, thanks to Reggae Global Entertainment. Um, they provide... Your, they'll act as your booking agents. They provide tour management. They take care of your business registrations, your legal service referrals, your music production, marketing and promotion, and more. And to the GMAT Music Solutions, thank you very much. They, they'll bring your events to life, providing sound, light, and stage production services, musical equipment, PA systems, audio engineers, DJs, bands, musicians, singers, and more. Check them out at gmapmusicsolutions.com you can check out Reggae Global at reggaeglobalentertainment.com alright so um, thanks to them segment sponsors and uh, broadcast affiliates truly appreciative of you all now so back to this situation here where we're looking at filing domestic violence and and child emergency cases mm-hmm. and this particular case here where a four-year-old boy was found dead with his 47-year-old father now at at 47 you would think that you'd have some type of stability and as we commonly say in Jamaica, have some sense. But there's this, to me, there seems to be a control issue where this man must always be in control of everything. That, that's how it seems to me. And 
I can say that just because of the end result. I don't know the man. I don't know the history of the man. I don't. I. I. I haven't dug into the story of this man. Mm-hmm. But given the yeah. end result, that's how it seems to me. Now he's sending these messages to this woman about her being scum on the earth, pretty much. But right. she carried his child and brought this child into this world, which he seems to have some love for. Mm-hmm. One of mm-hmm. the issues I have with the, the fact that, it, that he seems to have some love for this child is the concept of love. Mm. So I think that is worth staying on. I think we should park right there. What do you have to say about that? And then I'll tell you my thoughts as it pertains to, you know, litigating child custody matters in family court. This um, idea of love. Talk about it, DJ. <laughs> No, I, I, I am, I'm, I'm just wondering, you know, geez, what is he doing? What is he up to? For, for me, love is, and I, I just lost your, your image messing around with things here. I oh. do apologize. I'll, I'll get you back. But love is, okay. is, is not that, 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 that thing that is controlling which is what we see happening with with this guy. He's being quite controlling. Mm-hmm. And and so I am I'm really bothered um by the court's decision to say, All right, you know, we're not we're not touching this. This is well the the cops to say, We're not touching this, this is domestic. And the courts to say, hey, let it play out. The time-sharing dispute is not a child emergency. Yeah. It's not defined. Because, again, Broward County, and every county has their own rules for this. Broward County has rules. uh, A a rule um, specifically that defines what is a child emergency. Right. You know, so and again, a time sharing dispute is not a child emergency. And yeah, they did. I think they they even succeeded maybe in showing that something's off with dad. But again, excuse me. <laughs> but again, was it you know, it's all directed toward mom. Um, I went back while you were speaking because I want to I, I definitely want to speak back to the this whole idea of love. Mm-hmm. But I went back while I was listening to you to the, the, the very first documents that started their whole case, the case that gave him rights initially. Yeah. And even then in her initial petition, she's complaining about the, the harassment and the, the messages that have been coming to her nonstop ever since she found out she was pregnant. And so hence the, 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 the 99 exhibits, mm-hmm. Well, the, right. the, the 96, pages, the 96 pages of exhibits. Recent yeah. text. No, no, no. Those 99 pages of exhibits are all recent messages. Oh. <laughs> oh. And so my thing is, once, you know, it, it, it's so tempting 
to just want a case to be over. Yeah. You know what I mean? But, you know, especially as it appears, because, uh, you know, the financials are also here in the court record. So he was the more financially able, you know, he was better able to afford a lawyer than she was. Mm-hmm. So it's just like, you know what? I'm tired. This guy's harassing me. He's annoying. He's going to keep at it. He can afford a lawyer. We want the case to be done. And she was allowing, she was allow. she was doing her best. She was allowing him to see the kid. It's not like she was playing keep away. Right. It's just that she would always be there. And so, but that's not such a and bad she thing. she felt, what's that? That's that's not such a bad thing that, that, that she'd be there. No, listen, if you sleep with someone and you don't know him and you have a child and then you realize this man is mad, you know? Well, that's <laughs> a little bit different. Until the court says something, <laughs> do what you feel you need to do to keep to keep the child safe. Yeah. So she, she, she walked that fine line of saying, listen, for better or worse, this is his father so i'm gonna allow him to be in his life but i'm still gonna protect him so the right. thing is and i'm not saying this is the reason why again this is not about blame but it does speak to me it does strike me that she let that go without having the court put something else in place whether it be a psychological evaluation to determine if he needs treatment or if he has a problem or to say listen we can mediate and we can agree that this is how we'll do it from now on, but I need you to take a class as a part of the agreement. I need just something. Something. You know? So when you have an order that looks like this, this looks like a normal paternity order with right. a normal time sharing. You, you 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 can't come back later and say, Hey, this parent always had this problem tonight. Well, the original case is where you really wanted to bring that up. Mm. It's not an unanticipated change in circumstance. It's not nothing new. I mean, you're saying he's crazy, but you you said he was crazy in the beginning. And you agreed to leave your son with him. And again, it's not that it's her fault, because even though he's crazy, she probably never imagined that he would go to this land. Who would? Who would? Yeah. If he's never taken you her know, life before, if he's never put, I don't see where she's ever alleging that he ever put his hands on, on her. The chi- well, if, right. Or the child. Or the child. So if she has no reason to believe that he would get physical, you know, it, it's not, a. It, it's just that you can see, you can see with the flurry of court filings where mother's intuition was, you know, just wrangling her you know what i mean like she she it just wouldn't stop and she did what she could short of just running over there and just getting the child away from him at the risk of being arrested herself you know and i'm sure her attorney was counseling her not to do that which would have been the right thing for her attorney to do right um um it 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 just it just me yeah yeah no more dating on tinder (laughs) (laughs) i'm sorry (laughs) um needless to say this doesn't look good for that dating platform at all but who i'm not i'm not gonna let anybody feel anyway i just think tinder has established its reputation by this point 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's all I'm going to say. No, because listen, when Tinder first came out, it was a wholesome, it was more wholesome than it is now. I actually, um, when I was working for a firm, I, I did a I did an adoption hearing, a step-parent adoption hearing for a couple that met on Tinder. They met on Tinder, they got married, mm-hmm. and, you know, the mom decided that, you know, both of them, they both wanted her daughter to be their daughter. So they did the step-parent adoption. Okay. Well, and it um, was a lovely, you know, things have changed apparently. So, um, yeah, that was years ago. <laughs> yeah. No, no. Uh, watch the sun set and riding off into the sunset as a family um, love no. story happening here. Um, this no. is just gloom and doom. And I'm, 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 you know, it's not to say that it's a dating platform's fault. It correct, and I can't even say there's any finger to be pointed to say right. fault, other than a series of unfortunate events. Yeah, yeah, that's really what it is. That's really what it is. Anyone who would, I mean, of course, in her, in her, you know, just utter despair. I, I don't even think I could find the words, but of course. Mom, right now, blames you know the system, the police, the criminal, the system. Yeah, the police and, and the, you know, and the court. She's right because it's a human system. There's only so much it can do. Right. But the duty judge made the decision within the law. You know, me personally, I think with all the proof of his craziness, I might have erred on the side of just pick the kid up and in two weeks we'll decide if that was the right thing to do. But his craziness <laughs> you know? was at just but, at the length of rants. That's that's the extent of yeah. his craziness, just rants. Yeah, right. So that's, you know, that, that doesn't prove crazy at all. Short of getting um, someone that studies behaviors and can make an assessment based on text which is really very hard to do because and expensive these things cost yes, money yes and and we see it all the time on social media someone will, will put up a few words on a post in social media and you immediately think oh no what right. happened i have done it I have I posted one text and I followed it up with another text and the third day I did a broadcast on perception. Mm. I have done it. I've, I've I've set it up that way. So, you know, just reading some text yeah, it it it, it look out way sometimes mm-hmm. but it's not enough and when the, when the judge says, you know, there's not enough evidence here for me to say this child is in danger. I agree. Now, in hindsight, we could say, yeah, because people talk like this all the time in anger. Mm-hmm. And yeah, he, he, he apparently doesn't really want the, the, the relationship that they currently have, but would be willing to try to create something 
for the child. Now, not, not enough of a reason to create something between the two of them. Apparently, mm, I mean, that's a... Yeah, but... That's, the, that's a hell of a magic trick we're talking about. Well, let's face it. There was some sort of connection because they met digitally. They met... They connected. Uh, and then <laughs> they sure. connected physically. So, in between that time of, of, of meeting digitally, meeting physically, and having that physical connection, there would at least be one thing that was attractive to both of them. If it is even just to look at each other. <laughs> you know, you look good. Yeah, you look good too. Let's get it done. There's something that they agree on. So, there's a possibility that there can be more that they would agree on. So, I, 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 I say that to say, I can't say, again, I can't say the court, you know, messed up. I can't. Yeah. And I, the you cops, can't. The, the, it's just unfortunate. The cops have a, have a hard job to do. If the cops are getting called to say, you know, this man has my child and he's threatening to decapitate me, but he has my child. Then me as a cop, I'd be saying, okay, did he threaten to decapitate the child? Does he even talk about this child reminding him of you? You know, so the cops, in order to, to, to give them peace of mind, would say, hey, do what you're doing. Take it to the court. You know, it's a domestic. Let's it's go. It's a domestic. You know, call me if you need me. If if he comes by and, and, and lays a hand on you, then give me a call. But outside of that, Correct. if you see evidence of him hurting a child, give me a call. But outside of that... Uh, and correct. I mean, what do you do? This the, poor lady, you know, all she could have done is really just run over there and risk getting arrested herself. Because I'm sure something was crying out in her that something's wrong, something's horribly wrong, you know. And to look at the timeline, it's possible that she might have filed the emergency motion in family court. After, um, after you know, it was already too late. So but, I mean, okay, it, it's possible it happened that way. The, it's possible it happened that way. The twenty first. The what did she file on the twenty first? She filed. Uh, uh, what she filed on the twenty first was in family court. The emergency motion in family court. This was after she already filed the domestic violence on behalf of the child. And um. It doesn't look like again that's sealed because it's confidential. So, but what do you need to file domestic violence outside of showing Stop. proof of of some sort of action against you or toward you? So, domestic violence again, it defines in the paperwork what is domestic violence. Excuse me. It is not just the acts that are done um, toward you, yes. But who does them, right? right? Right. So she would she would be able to file a domestic violence because here they are a family, even though they're not living together. You're talking about co-parents of a of a child of a living child, right? So um, 
Um, and if you're not co-parents and you share a child, then there are certain relatives to a certain degree that will count as, um, you know, family for the purposes of a domestic violence petition. Right. So, again, it will define, hey, if you if the person, the respondent committed battery on you, assault, stalking, you know, it goes down the list and it defines what how each one might be committed. If these have happened to you or you have a reasonable fear um, that, the, that they're about to happen to you, then we will tell them to stay away from you. Right? So, okay. Um, I'm trying to think because I've, I've dealt with a lot of domestic violence situations. Yeah. Um, in, in this case, he did the stalking. He stalked her. Yes. Now she's saying he stalked her, but at the time she said that, she never she didn't have a court order saying that he stalked her. She's just saying that. You see what I'm saying? See, if you wanna if you wanna be if you wanna take the kumbaya approach mm-hmm. and and you know what I mean and settle things, it still doesn't you still have to walk with a big stick even though you plan to speak quietly. Right. So me, I, I have I have come to a place in my practice where if the person I'm talking to seems like they're going to qualify for a DV, we're going to file it. Okay. We're going to file it. Mm-hmm. And then, hey, if you want to work it out and my client's comfortable, then fine. We can modify it or drop it or, or not. Okay. But it's too costly to say... Listen, I know you want to work things out, so let's not file it. I I say that less and less as the years go by, you know. Like I, the only time I can even remember saying that, uh, this past year I consulted with someone who, um, you know, they truly believed that. It would never happen again, and it was a one-off. They had already broken up, and it's not like he came to her. She actually, you know, bust into his house, <laughs> mm. and he responded in a certain way. And you know, she just didn't feel it was fair to call the police on him um, okay. for what he did in his house when she entered the way she did. And I said, "Well, listen, you know, he did. He did batter you. He he did commit a battery." Um, but it's like, he's never, ever hit me before. I don't think he'd ever do it again. It's not like I'm ever going to go back over there. I'm just like, well, I mean, hey, it sounds like you're not in fear that it's going to happen again. So in that case, you know, restraining order or domestic violence Johnson would not be appropriate for you anyway. I mean, she would have gotten it on the technicality that he hit her before. It happened. Right. Right. But I don't believe in that kind of thing, DJ Kevin. I don't. I don't. Mm. But a lot of times I have people come to me and say, listen, I don't think this would happen again or I don't think this is a possibility. And I'm just like, I think you're wrong. I think you're in denial. <laughs> this absolutely can happen again. And I've even had one while we were talking, you know, the respondent showed up. And it's just like, see, this is what I'm talking about. This person has no impulse control. They're not able to resist the urge to, to be around you. Or, or to, to try to hurt you. You need to, you need to, I, I understand you want to see the best in them, but you need to protect yourself. 
Right. You know, right, right. every now and again, you get that one case where it's like, okay, I get it. You guys, you know, you catch up a little bit, but you don't want to ruin their job or ruin their life when you know this is not who they are. Um, but again, I err on the side of if you qualify for it, we're going to file it. And hopefully, hopefully we can drop it. <laughs> but no, we're going to file it. And this moves me to my next point mm-hmm. because it is a powerful tool, DJ Kevin. You know, it's a powerful tool that should only be used when it actually applies to you. But it is a powerful tool, <laughs> you know. If if you're gonna ask the court to decide custody, and as we decide, as we discussed before, one of the main issues is keeping the kids stable and not moving them about unnecessarily. And then you have this domestic violence case that gave you the kids long before (laughs) the judge has to decide custody on a final basis. Then it's like, oh, see, they've been with me the longest. They're stable with me now. Right. This is what they're used to. That that's a big advantage. A lot of people take advantage of the domestic violence, you know, courts for even on the property side. Um, But I'm not going to go there. Um, Just focusing on children. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of times people don't know if something goes down at your house um, a fight a domestic situation and children are there to see it yeah then you know once the police write that up that gets sent to DCF and they open up their own investigation right um, <laughs> who was it yeah it, I, I know someone there was an argument that the the parents were being abusive to the child because they had an argument. Oh, so someone I knew, yes. someone I know, they, they tried to take her daughter. And she, she has jumped on, on this broadcast a few times. They, uh, over in Oregon, they tried to take her daughter. Mm-hmm. And it was as a result of I think the the argument was she raised her voice at her husband in front of the child. And as like and? that that's 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 the basis that they want to try that DCF wants to come in and take your child. It was on um human trafficking. It was addressing human oh. trafficking and she raised a big stink about it. And the guy either quit or got fired. And in checking his records later on, saw an unusual thing that there was a, a dollar figure mm-hmm. on that file, on, on her docket, on her child's docket. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, <laughs> it was a little bit creepy. Um, and that creepy. is very interesting. But, yeah, um, so even adults, we, we sometimes get into these heated discussions. To have such a heated discussion in front of a child, it can be considered child abuse. Child abuse. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, that is the case here in the state of Florida. And then when it's more severe, 
even if the child does not see it with his or her eyes, if the children are aware of the domestic violence between the parents, if they're around it, even if they don't witness it visually, mm-hmm. it's still emotionally and psychologically detrimental to them. Yes. And they can be removed for your from your care if it get to a level. So, you know, it's always best to be too careful. I love the tradition oh. of like we're not even gonna disagree in front of the children, let alone fight. Let alone argue, let alone get loud. We're just not gonna do it in front of the kids. You remember those days? Um, I know of those days because <laughs> my father dipped when I was about four. <laughs> oh, so I see. I know of those days. Um, in my own experience, I can say that my boy's mother, mother and I, we've gotten into some heated arguments, and they were around. Mm. You know, heated so, arguments. That's that's somewhere on you know that's 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 one point on a spectrum, but when you get to the point of fighting, yeah, we, you know, no, arguing, we, yeah, we're not is doing it, that. Is it better to not argue on them? Fine, but it happens. When you're talking about fighting or hitting each other and things like that, you know, yeah, and and I understand that and. That's the, the, yeah. That's the, the, where the state can come in. Yeah. Even if you don't hit them. Right. Well, and and this is where it comes back to, um, well, if you hit the parent, then you could potentially hit the child. And it's it's really, it's really, because again, the court is going to look at what are you doing to the child. But again, if you're doing it to the other parent. And the child is right there. Mm-hmm. Right? Either seeing it or around it and aware of it. Now you have a nexus between mm. the parental conflict and harm to the child. And this notion was missing the nexus to empower the judge to act on, on her behalf. Right. That was the missing component. They, yeah, they built up the crazy. He was crazy. Right. And I, I hate to use that word because I don't like to be dismissive of, of mental health issues, but he, 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 he's unwell. He's obviously unwell. At minimum, emotionally unstable. At minimum, disturbed, emotionally disturbed. Because I've seen all the messages. I've only read some to you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I, I get that. But, you know, but again... I mean, I've seen, I've read cases or seen cases where, you know, the parent was a gangbanger, killed people, or, you know, mom's a stripper or sex worker. And, you know, it's just like, well, Mm-mm. it's not being done around the kid and the kid hasn't been affected. So I, I don't, I don't always agree with that, but that's just, that's how it goes. So back to your point now about love. <laughs> okay because <laughs> i have to challenge lawyers sometimes when we go to court to litigate custody or time sharing and they're harping on well your honor my client loves the kids my client loves the kids it's like 
that is legally irrelevant. Mm. And I will even give them that. I will even concede. Like, of course, the other side loves the kids, Your Honor. We're not here about love. Right. The statute that governs the court's determination as to time sharing, it lists certain factors, right, that paint a picture of a person who can act in the child's best interest. And that is different many times from someone that says, I love this child. Yeah. That's, that's why we have dependency court. You know, I think I've told you I was a dependency lawyer before I became a family lawyer, you know, years ago. Right. And I mean, our, our dependency system, our foster care system is full of children who have been abused by their parents in every way imaginable, some ways just unspeakable, abandoned by their parents, like they're just nothing, neglected by their parents, like, you know, they're a complete inconvenience or just a non-factor. Right. And guess what? Parents love them. Uh, they love them. <laughs> they love them. Well, for some reason, usually mental health, usually, you know, substance abuse related, they are unable to act in the child's best interest. Right. The statute speaks nothing of love. Mm hmm You know? And, and, and that right there makes, I guess, the difference. Um, <laughs> it would be easy to, to, to get into the nuances of love. And how this phenomenon of love is displayed. I, I, I talk about it fairly often um, in my Wednesday broadcasts. So it, it, it comes from different angles, takes on different forms. And I guess in his mind, the, the, the man in this case where mm -hmm. he took his life and the life of his son, his four-year-old son, he could easily argue, I did this out of love. Because here is... Oh, absolutely. Here is my child coming into this world that is just horrible. It is, it is riddled with pandemics, <laughs> with wars of, based on religion, it is stricken with strife and poverty. So I loved my child so much that I'm going to prevent him from going through this pain. Yeah. But yeah. I love him so much too that I can't live without him. So maybe because well, I of think the suicide part was cowardice. I think the suicide part was just me. You know, I tend to I tend to look at these things as hybrids or mixtures of psychological, physical, social, and spiritual causes. Mm. Um, when you see a murder suicide, yeah, you know, a lot of times you have. The, the psychological element, but, you know, also, I mean, you're talking about harming yourself in a young child. I, I just think there's something inherently de demonic about that. Um, he's obviously troubled. 
and you know troubled can can come in many forms but you know i digress mm. it's community of finance night you already have somebody for your spiritual nights <laughs> <laughs> you know but i mean yeah i mean there's you know you talk about the mind i mean the mind is the gateway it's the field for demonic oppression so it, there's no coincidence that the two overlap or at least reverberate reverberate against each other right right so, um but you know so you have this he would probably argue that yeah he 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 loved him and so that's why the statute you know is written the way it is because there's so many different there's there are as many definitions of love as there are people subjectively speaking right right you know, right on the objective side you may have one or maybe five you know types of love but really on on the experience side or just the you know the, just the everyday human side mm -hmm. there are about 7 billion definitions of love yeah. you know and so the state has to <laughs> balance your freedom, <laughs> mm. your freedom uh, to determine what love is for you against its duty to protect children, to protect minor children. And so the chapter 61, particularly subsection 13, says, look, this is what we're looking for, okay? So even though it doesn't use the word love, in my opinion, it's spelling out what love does, <laughs> In terms of a healthy parent, you know, this is this is someone that can act um, and is able and has the propensity and the demonstrated capacity. This is this is all language from the statute I'm using. Yeah. The capacity to act in the child's best interest as it, you know, comes in the form of and then you have these 26 or so factors, you know, discipline, feeding, you know. Um, involvement in activity, uh, education, and all of these things, ability to keep them out of a, um, keep them in a drug-free environment, and all of these, you know, it lists it specifically like, so it's basically the state is saying, listen, I get how you feel, you say you love the, the kid, but this is what we're looking for. <laughs> love the, love okay. the child this way. <laughs> yeah, like, right. listen, you could call it anything. You don't even have to call it love. But as long as you're doing these things, you're acting in the child's best interest, the state of Florida is fine with you, you know? And so we had a situation just looking at the petition here where um, you have issues with that, not really keeping up with the child's feeding schedule and just different things that cast doubt on his ability to care for the child. But for some reason, again, they were forgiven or, you know, let go. And I, I, I can't even say this all in the in the four years. This all in the four years of a child's life. The child was born December twenty sixteen, and then this case was started when the child was like ten months old. Wow! And they've been in court ever since. So, they these two have been fighting in court all this child's life. All of the child's life. As a matter of fact, when all of this happened, a modification case had already been pending since late 2019 to, to modify it. And I think that's the only thing I haven't looked at so far is why were we looking to modify? 
the parenting plan, the time sharing? What was that prayer based on? It's mom that wanted to modify it. Okay. Let's be fair. Well, clearly so, dad had no intention of rolling over. It depend, no matter what anybody said, even the court. Sometimes that happens. But it's hard to get your foot in the door on a modification unless you have... Remember, we were saying um, a couple of episodes ago, whatever schedule you want, you better fight for it in the original case because modifying is really hard. You have yeah. to prove something big and unexpected has happened. So let's see what she alleges here for her modification. This should be really interesting. It it better be. <laughs> ah, after the parties entered into their agreement, the father took a job in Massachusetts. He does remote work remotely in Florida. However, he has to work in Boston tw twice a month. Further, he regularly returns the child to the mother during his time sharing when the child is sick or if the child is having a hard time adjusting to spending extended time with him. He's unable to timely return the child to the mother as agreed, causing the child to miss scheduled appointments or attend appointments in his pajamas. The child has mm. not adjusted to time sharing with his father ever since the parties entered into their agreement and becomes more and more upset when he has to go to his father's residence for time sharing. Mm. The child's behavior toward the father has become very concerning. Father sleeps in the same bed as the child. The child does not have his own space at the father's residence. Father yells at the mother, throws the child's belongings at or around the mother. Oof. Calls the mother names, engages in other inappropriate behavior at nearly every pickup and drop off of the child. Yeah. All right. So now, now a, a better picture is being painted. And even more grounds to say, all right, whereas dad hasn't actually harmed the child this kind of behavior is not what you you want so yeah he is he has not been a threat to the child physically but his behavior is abusive as per florida standards mm -hmm. So it's just it's just so unfortunate. They, they, Based they on just that modification, and that was a 2019 modification. Um, so our our request for modification. Now the question would be, what would make that take so long? It's 2021. This was 2019. Well, she she did the petition right. Um. For the modification, December of 2019. Okay, Three so months later, the world shut down. So it's it's COVID's fault. 
Yeah, a lot of these cases where you're looking and there's very little activity over the past 12 months, a lot of it is due to COVID. Right, right, right. Because the court just shut straight down for like three months and then when it ramped back up, the priority was emergency cases. (laughs) Right, right. And once they got through all of those emergencies, which COVID started a whole heap of emergency litigation all on its own because you had parents fighting about, oh my gosh, she's not social distancing with the kids or, oh, she works at a hospital, she's more likely to catch it. Just all these things from when we were still feeling our way around with COVID. That just that was a it, you know it's one thing when the court has to stop for a while but then it resumes and it's like okay they're gonna take care of you know child emergency and emergency stuff first and then get back to the rest of us but here you have this whole new crop of cases that they also got slammed with while they were closed right. in regards to how the pandemic was affecting co-parenting yeah so it does not surprise me at all to see 10 months of just no activity on this case. Mm-hmm. It's like the last thing I, I that was really done on this that. case was February of last year. And then boom, the next thing after February of last year is her motion that she filed on the 21st for the pickup order. Wow. And things were going along. A lot of things were happening between the December 2019 and February. Like the case was moving along, and I know the lawyers on these cases. I'm familiar with them. They're not the type that's just going to sit down, just sit out on your case. So they were moving the case along until February is where everything stopped, and then boom, she filed this motion. Now, I, I, I'm my my curious mind is at play here. I'm wondering. How are these attorneys feeling at this point? Yeah. Knowing that this man committed suicide, murder suicide. Four year old. He just, life just gone. It's gone. You know, it's, it's, it's horrible. You know, if I'm mom's attorney, I think at this time, I'm just feeling it for my client. You know, I I know and I hope, you know, um, if I ever get a chance to contact her, like this attorney did all she could. I see where she's trying to carry the narrative throughout this whole thing and make sure mom's story is heard. Right. You know, but there's just, you know, there's so much, there's so much missing you know, between February of last year and now, it's like, what happened during that time that maybe, maybe they could have filed something then. Yeah. But I just, I'm looking at what she filed here, and I just know for a fact, she she really did all that she could. They gave the judge, they gave the court all they had, and this is really unfortunate. Yeah. For those that are are listening, once again, um. The, the case we're using to, to pivot all this information off of is, is the case of the four-year-old boy who was found with his father dead in Fort Lauderdale in their condo. Um, and if you, if you go searching online for the, for the story, you can look for um, four-year-old boy and father found <laughs> in Fort Lauderdale condo after mother seeks protection order. And yeah, they've actually named the father in one of the 
articles. Yeah. Of John Stacy. Yeah. Um, mom, Alison Kessler, um, and the little boy yeah, is, is, is Grayson Kessler. That's the baby. Yeah. God rest his soul. Ugh. Yeah, it's, it's, it's rough. It's rough. Um, Tasha, I, 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 I want to, as we wrap up, um, I'm kind of grateful that you weren't the attorney on this particular case. As am I. Um, as am I. No, as, as I'm confident that you would be able to, to handle the case. But I'm grateful that you don't have to deal with the emotional trauma of this case. I just cannot imagine what, first of all, the mother is going through. And you know, I've, I've, I have a special, you know, sympathy or empathy, rather, for, for the attorney. I just, wherever she is, I hope she knows that, you know, she really did all that she could. And it's apparent. Yeah. And, and even then, she may still be blamed you know, who knows? It's just sometimes when the pain is just that great, you got to just grit and, and let those who are suffering through it, you know, kind of punch on you <laughs> for yeah. a while. Yeah. Because, I mean, like, there's just no word for a parent that has to bury their son, their child, especially so young. You know, it's yeah, these are the years where you're getting the joy out of, you know, being a parent and it's it's so sad but i figured we could take this and and maybe for the good of the world you know until the world no longer needs domestic violence or or emergency petitions but to but to learn learn from this you know it's um i think i should end with certain points i think we've talked a lot about what what was it done or you know what was missing but again i think the the key point is whether you go the whether you go the the path of filing a domestic violence case a stay away from me case mm -hmm. <laughs> on behalf of the children or you go the family court case of the family court case route of give me permission to go in, to send the police to get my kids. Either way, you got to show harm or potential harm to the kid. Mm. You can show something's wrong with the other side. You can show that they're horrible to you. You can show, you know, just anything about them, but you've got to complete the trip. You've got to establish the nexus. You got to link the thing that you're drawing the court's attention to. You got to link it to the child and you got to convince them, like, listen, you have to be able to finish the sentence. If the court does not grant this motion, this is what's going to happen. The child will be blanked. The other person will blank the child. You yeah. have to be able to have a sentence like that in your, your family court emergency motion for child pickup. If, if I am not given the authority to pick up the child, this is what's going to happen. Or this is what's going to keep happening or happen again. 
if you don't have something to be able to say that, to finish that sentence, then your motion may, may likely be denied. Because again, even if you're able to say that, you have to be able to say this has happened or is about to happen. The court will not grant it based on speculation. The court will not grant based on what well, we believe this could happen. Yeah. They won't take that step. So that's the other thing. Make the connection, but then the connection has to be one that is real in time. It's happened or it's about to. Mm. Those are the two most important things. If you have pictures, attach the pictures. <laughs> Absolutely yeah. attach the pictures. Yeah. Well, what else is on your mind, DJ? Listen, it'll 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 take us into into other directions. I I I'll just leave it right here for now. I'll just leave it right we leave here. here for now. Yeah. Um this has been one of the, the I I I'd say this is has been our our toughest <laughs> um discussion to date. True. Um True. even even the the parental alienation that we started with 3 years ago. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it 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 wasn't yeah. as tough as this. This one this hits hard, tough. and 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 so, you know, <sighs> prayers and condolences go out to the, the the mother and and the family of absolutely not just little Grayson, mm-hmm. but his father also. Mm. You know, so I, Ooh. yeah, prayers up, yeah. prayers up, Tasha. Um, please remind the listening audience how they can get in touch with you, uh, your business, and such. Well, you can call local nine five four. Two seven one one four one one. That is the office number. Again, nine five four two seven one one four one one. If you need to dial toll free, it's eight 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 three one one eight five one one. Again, eight 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 three one one eight five one one. If you would like to chat with me, you can go to the website, which is Simmons Legal. Simmons, as you see my last name spelled there, S-I-M-M-O-N-D-S, L-E-G-A-L dot com. Um, you can chat there from the website to get in our system. We can set up a consult for you if you need. Um, and if you just want to email directly um, to get contact with our office started that way, you can email info, I-N-F-O, or Tasha, T-A-S-H-A, at SimmonsLegal.com. Thank you very much, Tasha. I, I, again, truly appreciate love that you could have taken the time out to, to hang out with us, to talk, to discuss this case, even. And, and thank you for pulling up the information on it. Um, 
<laughs> very enlightening, no. very informative. You have Thank yourself... you for having me. I have a treat for you next month. You know I like treats, right? <laughs> <laughs> We're going to have a party next month. <laughs> Are we now? Let's see. What's next month? June? Um, okay. I won't End even, of June. I won't, I won't even question it. I, I won't question it. No, just wait and see. Uh, um, hmm. All right. Let me leave it alone. Let me leave it alone. I'll, I'll talk to you off the air about it. I try to wig. Let me see what I can weasel out of you. Huh. Mm. Um. Please. Uh. See if you can join us on Wednesday, as as we talk about wage disparities, um, gender biased wage disparities, and mm. um. I I should have three guests on. Um. Two have confirmed. Um. One out of South Florida, um, Ryan Greensburg. Um, she's an advocate um, for quite a few things, as as I've learned as I spoke with her, and Thanks. Nicole McClure, who is the former Reggae Girls goalkeeper that got Reggae Girls into the World Cup will nice. also be one of the guests um waiting for that confirmation for the third I, I i i tried for one ended up with three potentially i'll take it so right. um see if you could join us as as we talk about that this coming wednesday on real talk uh tomorrow it's healthy love night so y'all can of course always uh join us for that also as we get out of here um facebook was lucky tonight they they got the whole broadcast nice. um my affiliates uh one harmony radio nie radio out of new york um sorry out of new jersey island worldwide out of new york um one harmony is out of uk wglro Aliwap do sick media groups out of out of texas and from south florida also the foundation reader network clintonlindsay.com thank you my affiliate broadcasters and those right here at the night shift to dj kevin stew remember this broadcast is available on the podcast the night shift to dj kevin stew on all your major podcast platforms so it will be available to you come tomorrow and so if you missed it, you have various ways to check it out. Um, Tasha will be back with us the fourth Monday of next month. So look out for that. And the treat that she has. Well, is that treat for me or is that treat for us? Is it, mm, I'm not letting nothing go. <laughs> okay, I'll take it. Yep. I'll, I'll I'll leave it. I'll leave it alone. See, I tried I tried a little round the corner thing, but mm-hmm. it, it didn't really work. Um, leaving out a, a track from David Powell. It's called "Relationships Still Alive." I wish y'all a great morning, a good afternoon, a good day, wherever you are in the world. From right here in South Florida, I bid you good night, Tasha. Sweet dreams.
Sweet dreams. Bye-bye. Sink. I remember all the days that I took you on the beach and wrapped you in my arms. Girl, I looked into your eyes, I got to hypnotize, told you you're my only one. And I remember the nights under the moonlight, making love under the stars. And girl, you came. Catch y'all tomorrow. Healthy Love Tuesday. 10 p.m. KevinStew.com. Y'all take care now. Quality Media Group, innovative streaming and recording, has done it again. A new way to get your business in full view of your neighborhood consumer through AdShare TV. It's available in your neighborhood today. It's easy. Just call us, 754-999-6020. Become a host today and place a TV monitor in a strategic location so it's easy to see. Get a one-minute video ad or longer that plays anywhere in our network. Can't be a host? No problem. For a few dollars, we'll run your 30-second video ad. A host can run announcement specials like buy one get one free or discount ads. Let's turn your flyers into a 30 second video with music or a voiceover or let us create and run your video ad with a spokesperson. Take advantage of our early enrollment discount. Join us today. Your ad will be seen at least 30 times per day in your AdShare TV neighborhood. It's easy. Just call us 754-999-6020. AdShare TV, part of Pulse Media Group. Salutations, one and all. You're invited to tune in to the night shift with DJ Kevin Stew. It airs on Mondays with Community and Finance, Tuesdays with Healthy Love, and Wednesdays with Real Talk from 10 p.m. to midnight Eastern Time. Come spend some time interacting in the stew box where we keep things bubbling and wind down in musical therapy. The night shift with DJ Kevin Stew is on kevinstew.com where you're encouraged to have acceptance through enlightenment. <laughs>